So the truth is this. When you look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, the Bible tells us that the scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, you, all right, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, that's primarily uh, the function of the scriptures is to teach us, is to instruct us, is to correct us if need be, is also to rebuke us, to, to whip us in line, is just so we could be perfect, we could mature, lacking nothing. So when you want to do good works, you must get to the scriptures. Okay. So let's look at stewardship. So what is stewardship? Most of the time when people talk about stewardship, what comes to our mind is, you know, money and all of that. But it goes beyond that. Uh, a biblical stewardship is utilizing and managing all the resources that God provides for his honor and the betterment of his creation. Stewardship begins and hence with understanding that God creates and he owns all things. This is the foundation. This is the principle. You must understand that God created all things including you. There is nothing that we have including ourselves that belongs to us. So we are a manager. Let me, let's just make it simple. We are a manager of God's resources. Everything God has created. So when you look at the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Verse, two, verse 1 and 2. First, this. God created the heavens and the earth. And all you see, all you don't See, hurt was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. So everything you see and the things you don't see, that is in between heaven and the earth, including your good self, God created it. So an understanding of this will help us to in the discharge of our duties, it will help you to understand your job description as a caretaker. In fact, I, 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 there's a maybe in the course of the series, I, I'm going to mention that scripture to us. A, a, a very wonderful translation says, We are God's tenants. We are God's tenants on earth. He's the landlord, He owns everything. So when you say, oh, I own this one, I own that one, don't forget to honor God that created all those things. Because man by himself cannot create anything for himself. Explain to me how you were formed. Even science, they have a big difficulty in explaining it. They just summarize that, okay, this is what we think it is. Tell me how the bones are formed. Nobody can explain it. Because God is the only one that could do that. 
and God is unexplainable. Genesis, Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. You see, the, the essence of today's teaching is just to create a foundation for our teaching. So, yeah, a lot of scriptural references. And they will begin to refer to them in the course of the month. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 16. He is the divine, this is Bible talking about Jesus. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of invisible God. And the firstborn, heir of all creation, for in him was created, what? The universe of things. The universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seed of power, realm of government, principality and authority. It all exists through him. For his what? Purpose. He existed before anything was made. And nothing. And now everything finds completion in him. There is nothing that is completed outside of Jesus. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Because he created all, he created all things for his own pleasure. For his own glory and honor. No wonder David says, who, no wonder David said, what is, what is man? Who am, I'm nothing without your life in me. He didn't say who is man. That could have given him a bit of significance. But he said, what is man? When somebody's at the door, you don't say, what is that? Do you? Maybe you are, if you want to refer to an animal, you say, what, what nonsense? <laughs> He said, who is? He understood his position and he glorified God for all that he's done for him. For making him relevant. So, your relevance is because God is behind you. I think of Nebuchadnezzar. The moment God stopped his support for him, he became a beast. The heart belongs to God. Everything in all the world is His. He is the one who pushed the oceans back to, to let the dry land appear. Psalm 24 verse 1. Let's look at a very beautiful illustration of the rich fool in the book of Luke chapter 12 verse 16 to 20. Jesus had warned about the danger of being possessed by riches and power in verse 14 to 15. You see, the real problem Jesus was addressing, there was a man that came to Jesus and said, please divide this inheritance between me and my brother. God said, who made me judge over you? Really, it was not about the possession or riches that God was addressing. And then he said to his disciples, he said, Ah, the life of a man is not consistent in the abundance of things he possesses. Not as if riches was bad. Not as if money is, not, is good. But really, Jesus was addressing the matter. was addressing the attitude of the man. And he says, the real problem was the motive behind is the motive or attitude. Alright? Don't seek to get, but seek to be like Jesus. Don't seek to get. That's what small people do. Seek to be like Jesus. And in verse 16, 
He told them his par- this parable. The ground of a, of a certain man, certain rich man, yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to, this is the problem. He thought to himself, right, about me. What shall I do? You see that that is in like a red, orange color. I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my bands and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat. Drink. And marry. Now, this is the tragedy of the rich folk. He forgot faith, service, and obedience are ways of good stewardship in God's kingdom. There was no single mention of thank you God for this blessing. Thank you for this year harvest. No single mention of God in his matter. God was irrelevant as if he's the one that made all things happen for himself. Is this the way we have when we look at our lives or, or, when we, or, or we, are now be, we are now successful and we are beginning to take all the accolades. Forgetting the, the, the giver of all things. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. His problem actually lies not in the riches he had, he had, but in the judgment that awaited him. He will enter heaven without, an, without any evidence of wise stewardship while on earth. The forgetfulness of the real owner of all things will rob him of eternal reward. I pray that this will not be our portion in the name of Jesus Christ. That was his problem. Simple as ABC. He forgot the mandate of dominion. He said, take it easy. There's no more work to do. And Jesus says, do the work of your father while there is day because night comes when no man could do anything. He dropped his sword before the battle was over. We are talking about stewardship. We are stewards. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 tells us, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I will ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using God's giving faith as the standard of measurements. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. Church, you are a steward. That's who you are. You are a steward. You are a manager of God's resources. But I have chosen that by the grace of God, I will be a wise and a good one. And I hope you are making up your mind also to do that in the name of Jesus. 
we are stewards created by God and handed over dominion, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, to take care of all the things he created. You are not small. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to walk and to take care of it. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. There is work to be done. You know they say in the business world, the higher you go, the bigger the responsibility. When you, when you are a manager, that means you are responsible for a number of things, isn't it? Why don't you live to the true worth of who you really are? Be faithful. So, my brothers and sisters, those chosen by God to be his holy people, think about Jesus in other words, pay attention to every writing about him. Fix your gaze on him. Think about him. He is the one who believes. He is the one we believe. God sent to save us and to be our high priest. God made him our high priest. And he was faithful to God just as Moses was. He did everything God created him to do in God's house. When someone builds a house, people will honor the builder more than the house. It is the same with Jesus. He should have more honor than Moses. Every house is built by someone. But God built everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in God's house. He told the people what God will say in the future. But Christ is faithful. In ruling God's house as the son. And we are God's house. If we remain confident of the great hope, we are glad to say we have. Hebrews 3, verse 3 to 6. You must be a faithful manager of God's resources. You must be faithful in the discharge of your responsibilities. Let's conclude very quickly. We are God's stewards entrusted by him with time and opportunities. Being a steward has nothing, I mean, it's not just about money. It's not about, it's not just about your tithe. It's not just about your offering. It's not just about your seed. It's about, more importantly, about your life. How are you living your life? The opportunities that you have before you. Are you making good use of those opportunities? Or you are wasting them away? Your abilities. Your skills. Your possession. And the blessing of the hurt and its resources. What are you doing with them? Are you living to expectation? Are you improving? Are you, are, you, are you growing from your raw state to becoming a fine, 
a refined tool in the hand of God. You know you can do something better than someone else around you. But are you improving to the glory and to the honor of God? Is God's name being dragged in the mud because of your attitude? Someone will say, I can't give things to Christians or to church people. They will never show up. They will mess up. Are you a good manager? Are they proud to associate with you in your place of work because you are a Christian? Are you a resources waster? Or you are embezzling it? In the case of many of our politicians. And a number of them are Christians. We are responsible to him for their proper use. We can't allow these resources to to be plundered by marauders. They just come, they just plunder our nation and they walk away. What are you doing? Are you folding your hands? Are you allowing the resources of God under your care to be mismanaged? Are you paying attention to details? Our faithfulness in his, is in his service and to our fellow men is an acknowledgement that indeed he owns all things. Stewardship is a God-given privilege to help us grow in love and have dominion over selfishness and covetousness. A faithful steward Rejoices in the blessing that comes as a result of his faithfulness. We'll continue next week by the grace of God. But this has helped us to create a solid foundation for this month's teaching. I want you to just take a moment and just think and ask yourself, you know. Am I faithful still? Am I, is my life, is my way, is it making the world a better place for others? Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We pray, dear Father, that you will open our eyes to see, Lord, any area of our life that needs to be adjusted for your honor in the name of Jesus. Thank you, glorious Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Clap those hands for Jesus. Why is everybody quiet? Glory be to God in the highest. Clap those hands for Jesus. Glory.